It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We've heard from the people that cover the three players that everyone expects the Magic to be considering for the top pick. Now it's time to break down what we learned. It's time to debunk some myths of the top prospects here in the 2022 NBA Draft. It's time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on Magic. Today is June 8th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to break down uh, some myths uh, about the top three prospects here in the NBA draft that uh, were kind of explored a little bit in, in our conversations uh, with uh, Zach, Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn. Uh, J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils and Andy Patton of Locked On Kentucky. You can go back to our archives and listen to those episodes. Get the full rundown on Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga, Jabari Smith Jr. of Auburn, and Paolo Bancaro of Duke. Uh, we did these over the last uh, over the last week, really. Um, so really, some really great stuff to get a better understanding of these prospects. We're going to break down some of the things that we we learned a little bit more about them and, and some 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 stats and numbers that I researched. On them as well. Before we do that, though, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Get yourself ready for the NBA Finals uh, with Locked On Celtics and Locked On Warriors, as well as Locked On NBA. Search for them wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So, we spent the majority of last week, um, we spent the majority of our time talking about the players at the top of this draft. Um, I will talk more about trade options. We'll talk more about some of the second round picks coming up here. Um, probably tomorrow, that's probably when we'll really di- start, di- we'll dive into that a little bit more deeply. Um, I'm planning to do another big board on Thursday, so we'll talk about that a little bit on Friday, where how we're feeling about things. Um, it's starting to look like that the Magic will start kind of getting to heavy hitters into Orlando next week um, now that we're getting to crunch time here, two weeks to go to the NBA draft. Um, so we spent last week talking to people who watched um, watched these three players up close and personal during their college seasons. Uh, we spent 
the last week, really kind of getting the lowdown from the guys that watch them, uh, watch these guys every single day. And I made it a point to ask that question. What is something about each of these players uh, that you saw game to game, day to day, that we don't, that we would not see if we're just dropping in for a big game here and there, or an NCAA tournament game, or a conference tournament game, or a big matchup here and there? Um, obviously, like, look, all three of those guys, Zach, Andy, and JJ, uh, spoke about their 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 guys with passion. Um, they spoke about their guys um, with a lot of fervor and deservedly so. Um, those the, those are all you know. Again, I, I've said this before. I think all three players are going to be very very good. Um, I don't think there's a wrong answer, and of course they're going to vouch for their guy, and and and, and we appreciate appreciate them uh, for that. What I wanted to do coming out of that conversation, out of those conversations, was to A, figure out what we have wrong, or not necessarily have wrong, but what we may not be seeing uh, as we talk about things from the NBA perspective. Um, uh, you know, Again, as someone who just drops in for a game here or there, I wanted to really get to what we're missing. Um, you know, Again, because I, I am really trying to make it a point Hold me to this, um, and and if it sounds like uh, you know how I'm talking about these prospects, seems like I like everybody, um, you know I'll be real when I need to be real. Uh, but hold me to this. I am really trying to focus, and I say this every year. I'm really trying to focus on what players can do over what they can't do. Because if you start just harping on the negative, you know it's it's like those old Draft Express videos. Miss them, may they rest in peace. But um, those old Draft Express videos where they show you the strengths and they make every player look like the greatest player in the world, and then the weaknesses, uh, no matter how high, highly ranked the player is, they make them look like the worst player in the world. Um, again, I, again, I, I want, I, I'm trying, I'm, it's not necessarily I'm trying to be positive for the sake of positive sakes, but there's a reason these guys are going at the top of the draft. It's important to understand why. But it's important also to understand these detractions, and it's important to understand, like, what are these questions that everyone has about these topics. Why isn't there a runaway top pick in this year's draft? And so I think it's really important to kind of dive in a little bit deeper. And we did that with Zach. We did that with Andy. We did that with JJ. It's important to dive in a little bit deeper and try and figure out what it is about these players uh, that that may not that, that we may not be seeing a whole picture on. And I think Jabari Smith is a great place to start here. Um, Jabari Smith is still the betting favorite to be the number one pick. Um, if, if, you know, we're doing the locked on NBA mock draft, right? All locked on ultimate mock draft. Spoiler alert. I'm, I took Jabari Smith. Uh, I, well, I still think my answer changes hourly. Um, probably seven out of 10 times it's landing on Jabari Smith. Um, the more tape I watch of Jabari Smith, the more I really dive into him, uh, and what he can do. It, it's, it's hard to argue that it's hard to me to argue or not see the, the the great upside that Jabari Smith has. To me, I think he has the highest floor of the player of the three players that the Magic are considering. Um, it, he checks all the boxes for this team. Uh, the one thing that I loved that Zach Blackerby said on our episode with Locked On Auburn uh, was that this kid just wants to be great. This kid is just a hard, hard worker. Um, and, and, but there, but there are questions about his game. He doesn't do a great job getting to the basket. He doesn't do a great job kind of creating separation off the dribble. He relies a lot on his height to create space. Um, and again, 
that height is a really good tool. He's really good at that. Um, again, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs here. But there is this sense and, and this argument that's out there that Jabari Smith uh, is not a primary scorer. Is not a guy you give the ball to and he gets you a basket. Maybe I've contributed to that. I've compared him to Rashard Lewis. I've, in, in arguing for Paolo Banquero in the past, I have said, you know, Rashard Lewis is a great player. Two-time All-Star Magic, soon-to-be Orlando Magic Hall of Famer. Whenever, whenever the Magic want to put him in there, put him in there. Um, but Rashard Lewis isn't the player you build your roster around. That's, that's kind of been my argument. The more I've watched him, the more I'm beginning to think that, okay, maybe there is something there. It's important to know that, that, that there is this narrative that Jabari Smith wasn't the primary scorer. And, and, and I think that's incorrect. It's not that Jabari Smith wasn't the primary scorer for Auburn last year. He was not the primary creator. Smith averaged 16.9 points per game. Shot 42% from beyond the arc. But 5.5 of his 12.6 field goal attempts per game were threes. To me... This suggests that he was taking a lot of spot-up threes. He was The ball was finding him and getting to him on the perimeter. But there's a little bit more to that. According to Sports Reference, Smith posted a 27.6% usage rate, which again essentially means when he touched the ball, the ball, the 20, a third of possessions for, uh, for, the, for the Tigers ended with Smith either taking a shot or turning the ball over. And 27.6% is a very high number. Superstars are in the 30s, or in the upper 20s, low 30s. Uh, like Russell Westbrook um, was, uh, during his MVP season, was at like 35, 36, and that was insane. So Smith has a, a pretty high usage rate there. And a lot of his shots were three-pointers. But it should be noted, and this is a little bit of a myth that I have about Franz Wagner too, Franz Wagner finished second on the team in field goal attempts per game. So all the talk that the Magic weren't getting the ball to Franz enough, I think to our eyes, we all agree that yes, that is 100% true. And I think Jabari Smith suffers from the same problem at Auburn where there is just a lot of mouths to feed and Jabari wasn't the one directing traffic. To me, this suggests that there might be a little bit more to Jabari's game. That there is a lot that he didn't show at Auburn. It's important to note, too, that Auburn, outside of Jabari Smith, just was not a good shooting team. Their guards were not fantastic playmakers. It, it, playing with Markel Fultz is going to change Jabari Smith's life. Let's put it that way. Playing with Franz Wagner is probably going to change Jabari Smith's life. More importantly, playing with Wendell Carter is going to change Jabari Smith's life because Walker Kessler was in the paint clogging up all that space. Walker Kessler was as much a Part of the reason why Jabari Smith couldn't get drives to the basket is anything else. And this is not a knock on Walker Kessler. He's a guy that I have uh, on my list of guys for the second round. Um, He does not do much offensively outside the paint. And so inevitably in a college game that's already pretty congested with a smaller lane, a shorter three-point line, the ability to play zone, being able to drive and create off the dribble with a center who cannot leave the paint makes it that much more difficult. So, I, again, this is not to say that Jabari can get there. And, and, and even Zach, even, uh, Zach in, in, in our episode um, last week said that, you know, there was a time where they turned, the, turned it over to Jabari Smith and said, go get us baskets, try and create off the dribble. And 
he struggled a little bit with it. Um, but we don't have enough tape. We don't have enough understanding to say that this is not part of his game or not a part of his game that he can continue to grow. Go, You go watch his highlights. He's really good at setting himself up in the, in the mid post. He can turn and create separation. He did a good job absorbing uh, pressure. He's a great spot-up three-point shooter. He's got good step-back game. He will set up his own shot plenty well. It's just a question of getting to the line, getting those efficient shots at the basket, those efficient shots at the foul line. That's what's going to separate him between being a really good player, a Richard Lewis-level player, and uh, Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant's probably too high of a bar to set, but you get where I'm going with this. This development is the biggest part of his game and, and, and the biggest area that he needs to, to grow in. We're going to talk a little bit about the myths about Chet Holmgren, what we learned about him coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from pals at Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Sakara helps you get there. True radiance starts on your plate. And made with high-quality organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich transformation nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and eased digestion to clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. They're on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. Their nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. Sakara's functional plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in, from their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplement packs. Sakara's products are designed to help your wellness goals anytime, anywhere. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockedon20 or enter code lockedon20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A, S-A-K-A-R-A. It's Sahara with a K instead of an H. Dot com slash lockedon20 to get 20% off your first order. Again, sakara.com slash lockedon20. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into Chet Holmgren, we do have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. 
to take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks again for all your help. So obviously, um, you know, I, 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 I think that the biggest debate that a lot of pe- people at the top of the draft are having and have had this entire draft process has involved Chet Holmgren. Um, again, I'm not here to be down on anyone. I'm not here to say that. Um, I'm not here to say, uh, to be, be too negative on anyone. Um, I am a believer in Chet Holmgren. I think he's going to be a very good player in, in this league. I think he's gonna he's gonna definitely be a solid guy. And, and again, I don't have a problem taking uh, any three of the players that the manager are reportedly deciding between. Um, as the six man show is campaigning, uh, I will join that campaign. Cheer the pick. There is no wrong answer in this test. If it's not your guy, you're still getting a really good player. You know, pretty much as long as it's these threes. If if it's Jaden Ivey, I'm 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 probably not gonna be happy. Uh, but nevertheless. Um, nevertheless, uh, it's Chet Holmgren though. I think the debate around him is really more of a reflection on the person having the debate than on the player himself. Um, I really do believe that, that when you're looking at Chet Holmgren right now, uh, you see what you want to see. Um, if you're scared of the size, if you're scared of his weight, you're going to see that. And it's there. It's hard to deny. I'm going to debunk that here in a minute, though. Um, it's hard to deny. If you see a player who is the next evolution of the unicorn, it's there, too. Although a lot of it still remains hidden. Like Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren was kind of fit into a role. And the way that he played in high school, he wasn't played necessarily the way that I think got everybody buzzing about him. You saw it on occasion. You saw it in, in little spurts. There was a play against UCLA that, that Andy Patton pointed out in our, in our podcast with Locked On Gonzaga um, where he, got, he blocked a shot, got a rebound, got out in transition, and scored off the dribble. This is really where Chet is at his best. There are not seven-footers seven footers who dribble as tight, who can stop and hit a three, who can get to the basket and finish. Um, no pun intended there. Um, it... That's the unicorn aspect of him. Uh, and yes, he's not the fastest guy in the world. If he were, he would be the runaway number one pick because that's the kind of talent we're talking about here. Uh, but Chet Holmgren undoubtedly has that in him. Forget his college tape for a while. Um, like Jabari Smith and, and like Paolo Bencaro, they were playing alongside centers who are not really NBA centers. Um, Mark Williams... We'll see what he ends up being, but um, Mark Williams, Mark Williams, the Duke's probably the, the closest to an NBA center. But Walker Kessler is a little too slow to be an NBA, probably be a, a full-time NBA center or be a consistent NBA center. Drew Timmy is as fundamentally sound, uh, but there's a reason he's heading back to Gonzaga for his senior year, runner-up for National Player of the Year, um, because the feedback he was probably getting from the NBA was not good. He needs to expand his game. He needs to get out to the three-point line. Or he needs to at least become a, a, a consistent jump shooter. And Chet Holmgren was playing in that atmosphere. Gonzaga is trying to win basketball games. They're not there to feed their young freshmen. They're there to win basketball games. They're to compete for a national championship. And so part of the context in which we have to watch Chet Holmgren's college tape is that like Jabari Smith, He's out on the perimeter. His role is to space the floor. Protect the rim on defense. 
where they could use him as a little bit of a roamer with, with Drew Timmy there. Again, a re- big reason why I think the Magic are perfectly situated to absorb Holmgren and help him get acclimated to the league. Um, but at the same time, a part of his offensive role was be out on the perimeter, you know, maybe crash the offensive glass, but it wasn't to be the unicorn other than his, just the, the size of him shooting threes, which he was pretty good at. Go put on Chet Holmgren's high school tape. And yes, it's against high schoolers. But then you really get to see what everyone sees in Chet Holmgren. Then you really get to see why people are so excited about him. Then you really get to see how the NBA is going to use him. Because the NBA is not going to... Gonzaga runs an NBA offense. They don't have NBA players. And the, and the NBA is going to use Chet Holmgren very, very differently. And I think Chet is eager to get, get back to that kind of freewheeling, up-and-down play, using his dribble moves. A seven-footer is not supposed to have a behind-the-back crossover the way that he does. Um, it's really impressive. And so it's, it's again, and the biggest attraction about Chet Holmgren is his size. Um, he's listed at 195 pounds, I think, in, in Gonzaga's program. It's less than 200. And a lot of people are concerned that he doesn't have the frame to put on the weight. And I think those criticisms are fair. I, I certainly have those questions myself. But I don't think we can say for certain that that weight is going to keep him from making a defensive impact early on as, as, as he begins to fill out and build his weight. Look, Holmgren... Had a 12.6% block rate, great shot blocker, 3.7 blocks per game. Just a fantastic shot blocker. He knows how to use his size. Step up in chips. And this is where I think this is where I think uh Holmgren's game is really, really fun to watch. Against Duke, Paolo Bancaro and Mark Wolf like lottery. Paolo Bancaro is obviously at the top of the draft. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, Mark Williams, I think, has probably climbed into the top half of the draft. He might be a lottery pick at this point. Holmgren scored 16 points, grabbed seven rebounds, and blocked three shots against them. He made one of his three three three-point attempts in that game. Um, In uh, big matchups in the NCAA tournament against Memphis's Jalen Duran, perhaps the the first center taken off the board after Holmgren, um, he held his own. Nine points, nine rebounds, and four block shots. He was in foul trouble for a good chunk of that game, but he did a good job on Duran. Duran's not a great offensive player. He's not a great scorer. But Duran tried to go at him physically, and this was always what impressed Holmgren from the very first time I watched him. He knows he will get bumped around and pushed off his spot, but he is not afraid to take that contact. He's not afraid to take that contact and dish it a little bit back if he can to recover, to block that shot, to, to be a presence. So obviously foul trouble might be a little bit of an issue early on in his career, um, but he is not afraid. He's not going to back down. Uh, against Arkansas and Jalen Williams, Holmgren scored 11 points to go with 14 rebounds and two blocks. Jalen Williams is a, a center that I have on my list for the second round. I think he's probably going to be gone. I think he's going to go in their late first round. Um, really good, just kind of hustle energy center. We'll talk. I, I think we'll definitely talk about him more. I definitely have him pretty high on my list. Um, Holmgren did not back down. Now, obviously, these stats are not super gaudy. Um, obviously, these stats are not crazy, crazy good. But they're indicative that Holmgren was not afraid. 
that all this talk that, oh, he, he can't take the physical pounding in an 82-game season, maybe that's true, not going to back down. And again, as much as anything, the Mavs are not just looking for a player with skills, they're looking for a player with the right attitude, with the, with the notion, with the idea that he can be the best. That's something that everyone talks a lot about with Jabari Smith. That's something that everyone really talks a lot about with Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren certainly is trying to get the word out there that he believes he can be really, really good in this league. It's going to be really, really interesting. Now, we've talked about two players with a little bit more of an undefined skill set. What's left for Paolo Bancaro to prove and, and, and what can we learn about his game? We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. At Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So finally, we get to Paolo Bancaro. Um, I, I think that, you know, the odds makers will tell you the magic are picking between Jabari and, and Chet. Um, and, and I you know, at the beginning, at the lottery, I was probably saying I'm picking between Jabari and Paolo. Um, I am beginning to, I put Chet back in the mix. Again, this, this stuff changes, like, with whoever has the last word. It, it's, it's, it's very, very fluid, guys. Um, and we still got two weeks to go, so... Deep breaths, everybody. Um, Paolo Bancaro is a lot more complete um, than than these two play than these other two players. Um, I think if you had to ask me who's going to win Rookie of the Year next year, it's going to be Paolo Bancaro. Um, that, that, that I'll be honest. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be able to score fairly quickly. I think he's going to be able to find himself very very quickly in this league. Uh, he is just so gifted as a scorer. That's what he is there to do. That's why I labeled the last podcast what I labeled it. Um, he was born to score. Um, and he is very, very good at it. Um, you could compare his numbers very easily to what Jason Tatum did at Duke and what Brandon Ingram did at Duke. And those were the big... The, the, I made the Jason Tatum comparison. There's, I've seen some Magic fans and people call Paolo Bencaro thick Tatum. Um, JJ, JJ Jefferson uh, of Locked on Blue Devils. Um, compared him to Brandon Ingram. Now, they're very different body types there, but I think there's something to it. You know, Powell's numbers, his scoring, his role, even his three-point shooting, all match, all pretty match, match pretty closely to what those three guys did, um, and so or what those two other guys did. Um, and so I think there's something to that. Um, I, I think that there is something that we have to think about or give pause to and say, okay, We've seen a lot of players in this specific role on this specific team really make the leap when they get to the NBA. 
Those who are comparing Paolo Bancaro to Julius Randle to Marvin Bagley, he is not that. He works a lot in the post, sure, but he is a wing. He can face up. He can get out to three-point line. He is a versatile wing player. So really what we're talking about then with Paolo Bancaro and, and the myths that have to be dispelled are questions about are questions about how he what he does when he's not the primary scorer. There's questions about his three-point shooting, which certainly came and went. He was a low 30s three-point shooter. Um, again, balls in his hands a lot, mid to low post. He wasn't getting a lot of the spot up threes. He had games where he hit plenty of threes. Uh, I am I think his shot is inconsistent right now, but it's leaning toward good. He's a great mid-range jump shooter. He's a great finisher around the basket. Adding that three-point shot, especially the NBA range, where, again, his, his free throw percentage, I think, was in the mid-70s, which is okay. Um, you know, again, like, Brandon Ingram was in the 80s. And so even though Brandon Ingram really struggled as a three-point shooter in the college level, that 80% from the foul line would suggest that, okay, he's going to figure it out. He's a good shooter. He's got good form. He's, he's going he's gonna to get that range eventually. Jason Tatum was about the same free throw percentage, though. So, better three-point shooter in college than, than Ben Carroll was, but, you know, you throw your hands up and, and, you, and you try and figure it out. It's really, to me, with Ben Caro is the other parts of this game. Can he be a better playmaker? Averaged like 3.2 assists per game last year, uh, but had some big assist games. I think he had eight or nine assist games with, more, with five or more assists. He is a really gifted passer. And if you watch some of his games and some of the passes he's able to make, as he learns to make reads, as he learns to, to play at this higher level, he is going to be able to make these plays to make others better. It's just going to be about learning learning the situations and learning how to make those plays. Can he be a better three-point shooter? I, I think he can. The next big question is, can he be a better defender? This is where the numbers get a little fuzzy, um, but suggest some good things. Paolo Bancaro actually led Duke in defensive win shares last year, which again is more of a measure of countable defensive stats. Fourth on the team among rotation players in defensive box plus minus. I think it was a plus 2.2 defensive box plus minus according to sports reference, um, which again suggests that when he is on the floor, Duke was pretty good defensively. It was above average defensively. Certainly not like Mark Williams was good. And again, Mark Williams, I think, has probably climbed himself into the lottery at this point. Um, but... Still a very solid player. And again, a player that I think can grow defensively. What was frustrating to watch sometimes about, about Bancaro was that defensive intensity. Was that ability to defend consistently. There'd be some possessions where he made the right rotation, got to the ball, changed shots, blocked shots, uh, was really solid defensively. You could see that he has the tools and the potential to be a really good defender. And then there were some, play, some plays and possessions where he was just late where it didn't look like he made that second or that extra effort. And again, that I think is a big question mark. Um, again, it's, again it's, 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 it's something. But I would like to continue to mention that Bancaro, to me, showed that he can be that player. The question is, will he do it consistently? Will he do that every single night? And that's always the biggest challenge of the NBA. As you can see, though, all three of these players have a lot working for them. I will repeat that over and over again. There is no bad pick if you're picking between these three players. If these are your three best options on the table, they're really close. We are splitting hairs about what we want. And, and you know maybe this deserves a separate podcast. It probably will get its own column. Picking the player is not about picking the player. 
It's about picking the team you want to be. What the Magic are doing in this draft is picking the team they want to be. They're not necessarily picking a player to fit what they have or or, or anything like that. Um, Maybe that distinction needs more clarification, but they're deciding how they want to build and what kind of team they want to be. That's, That's really what this is. Again, if you want the versatility, the defense, the shooting, that's Jabari Smith. If you want to build around a unicorn, a player that forces the defense to figure out how to stop, stop him, that's Chet Holmgren. If you want the traditional... dominant ISO score, that's Paolo Banquera. These are the pillars that you're building your franchise around. So you've got to kind of put them in place to hold the tent up and then build the strength around it. That's that's what we're pitching here. That's what we're doing here uh, with this draft. So obviously, there is a lot to break down, both positive and negative. But it's also, I think, very clear with these three players that while there are negatives, there are detractions, there are cons... There are also things that can very easily be fixed, very easily improved on, and frankly, may already be better than we're giving them credit for. And that's what's really exciting to be about this draft, is it does really seem like all three of these players are going to get a lot better and are going to be the kind of players that the Magic want to build around. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We're still doing playoff lessons. So we're talking a little bit about the playoffs and what the Magic can learn from the teams as they are being eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, we're also doing draft profiles as profiles as well. Shaden Sharp is up on the site today. We'll be going over, I think, Shaden Sharp and Keegan Murray a little bit later on in the week. Probably also Jay Nivey a little bit later on in the week. The outside dark horses uh, to get that spot with the Orlando Magic. So I definitely want to. I don't want to ignore them. We know Keegan Murray was in last week. I, I believe Shaden Sharp was supposed to come into town at some point this week. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I think we're all waiting for the big three to make their way into town as well. Before we head to the Big Board Podcast, host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter, is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is Phil Brockenheim. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of the Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.